Grow CFO is where finance leaders grow together. Join thousands of like-minded professionals using GrowCFO to access the combined knowledge and experience of the finance leader community. You can join us today at growcfo.net. Hello and welcome to the GrowCFO show. I've got a returning guest again today. Susanna, welcome back. Hello, Kevin. Nice to see you. Susanna, last time we were talking about storytelling, communication, and so on. But uh, we decided to go and explore a bit deeper today into that, that tricky area of you turn up brand new in your CFO job and you've got a load of new people around you and so on. How do you start communicating, creating the right strategy, getting the team pulling in the right direction? That's a big, big challenge, isn't it? It is a big challenge, Kevin, and I think many of us who have sort of built our careers have come to that challenge more than once. And every time you arrive in a new organization or the same organization in a different role, you come to a territory that you haven't seen before, that you haven't walked before. So I think that it's quite important as part of your leadership um, role to make sure you get to know that territory, you you identify what are the, the areas that are really important. And so you can move forward, meeting the expectations of the people that have hired you, but in a, in a coherent way that takes into account what are the risks within the team or organization, what level of difficulty you ha- you're facing, because not every, not every um, problem is easy to, to fix. And also you bring people along the way with you in that journey, more importantly, because you need those, all those elements to actually deliver a good role and, and also you know, enjoy, enjoy the journey, not just mm-hmm. be firefighting all of the time. And I think the word firefighting, now that I'm pronouncing it again, I think we'll ring emotions in many of the people that might be listening to this podcast because we do find ourselves firefighting a lot sometimes in finance teams and having a a plan, having that uh, territory mapped out and and a a clear plan of where are we heading and why, then you can get away from that firefighting and also make progress in things that you need to, to do a good job. Yeah, and this is it. You, you've more than likely been hired to fix something. Yes. Yes. You <laughs> come into the role. I a job that it was all done and easy. Yeah. And even, yeah. Well, I wouldn't want one of that time. I think yeah. people don't want that. People want yeah. the challenge. This is what we look yeah. for. So you've come, you've come into the role to fix something. You've get caught by a whole load of stuff that's going on. You end up firefighting and so on. And things slip and slip and slip and there's a temptation that you can go in and fix the wrong thing I suppose so now let's wheel back right to the beginning we started talking about five steps and you've summarized those very briefly Susanna but the the first one sounded about sounded all about what you need to be mindful of yes I think we humans and it doesn't matter how old you are, where you come from, we have that little thing called ego. And when we walk into a role, uh, we there is this inner sense of wanting to do a good job, wanting to impress, and this little bit, I know best. 
Mm. So for me, one of the most important things to be aware of and mindful of in the, the first few meetings you have, uh, your first few weeks or, or days, is just going to just part your ego for a moment, bite your lip uh, a lot of the time and just observe, observe, listen and take it all in because it's very easy to walk into to walk into a team and even with your language it's so easy to to ruffle some feathers would be the expression i believe in yes. english by just sounding that little bit finger pointing or criticizing things that are there that are not working making very quick judgments that actually are misguided because you're missing information so for me those first those first few moments are about just manage your ego, manage your enthusiasm and observe and listen before making mm -hmm. a judgment or starting to work on things that may become, may appear as the right things to work on at the beginning. But actually, once you do the work we're going to talk about, you realize that those may not be the, the, the intelligent things to start with. So trap number one is clearly going to be diving in and doing something too quickly or doing the wrong thing. So what other traps should we be watching out for here? Uh, getting started too quickly, because I think sometimes, I suppose it depends on your leadership style and it depends on the organisation that you work with. But I don't believe you can make any, you can't make take things to completion if you haven't taken the time to build relationships, if you haven't taken the time to meet with the key stakeholders and to really understand the nature of the problem and the difficulty of uh, you know, you, the team and the, even all the departments, why are things not working? Why are those, you know, why is it so difficult to report? Or why are we getting the wrong numbers? Or why aren't supplies being paid? Or why aren't, aren't we closing on time? There are, there are reasons behind all of that. So for me, you just need to be, um, uh, the word is humility, I guess, when you walk into your job, just, just uh, don't take your, I, am, I, I know it all. I am a fantastic CFO. I'm a super clever person. I've seen it all before. Just go into humility and then you, you, you can build from that. Yeah. And my experience as a, as a management consultant going in and fixing lots of stuff is that generally the people on the ground have got a very, very good idea of what's broken and what needs fixing. So, there must be some element here, Susanna, of talking to the team and using their combined knowledge to tell you what to do. Absolutely. And the way the way I have developed my own method, which I've used in more than one role now, so it's becoming a proven method for me. And I, I call it uh, creating or drawing a heat map. Oh, tell me more. Tell me more. So, um, you know, I like the colours, I like words, I like metaphors. So yes. that's why I use this. But so a heat map, me, what's a heat map all about? A heat map is it's about putting taking pen and paper and drawing a picture of your department or organization with your team, and that's where it links to what you were talking about to identify what you have what's the detail within that and then going through an exercise a joint exercise of discussion to paint 
<laughs> to paint that map into red, uh, red, amber and green, which is, I call it heat, um, because obviously it'll be the hot area. So the way I've done it a number of times now, I'll take my team and say, okay, imagine you're looking at the overall finance department. So you say, okay, fine, our finance team has all these pillars. You have financial control, you have FP&A, you might have compliance, you have treasury. So those are your pillars. So those are like the, the, the counties within your map, right? Yeah. And then you take each county, each county in turn and, and literally just list the activities. You don't need to go into the how we do things. That's way too down the, the, the detail. We don't need that. You just have to say, okay, within financial control, for instance, what are the core activities? So you have balance sheet reconciliation, you have journals, and so on. So you, you end up with this map. Uh, and I tend to prepare that on my own first. And it's all gray and boring. So I have effectively at least a few columns with a number of uh, little lines for what I think are the, 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 the basics of our map. And then what I do is I'll take my direct reports off site for a day. And we say, OK, let's paint this gray map together. First, by adding the areas that I may have missed, because of course I've only just joined the organization and oh, hey ho, you might need to put procurement into your heat map, or you might need to put other areas that are within yeah. your role than the, the standard finance CFO role. I guess that's and then we area just... across every CFO, isn't it? Because the, these days, the, besides finance, the CFO can end up being in charge of all sorts of stuff. Some have got a role with IT, some have got a role with HR, yeah. others with procurement. Yeah, so yes, in a previous, going to need yeah, a bit of different thinking. There's no set template even, for this. Yeah, even legal sometimes or HR in smaller organisations, you have all of those. So you, you draw your map and then, you take your team through and just have a discussion and you don't have to, you don't, I don't believe you need to get hang up on, am I being right on the colour I'm giving this particular activity? For me, the, the underlying question is, am I worried about this area or is it creating frictions in, me, in my organisation? So if the answer is no, it's a green, don't need to talk about it. If the answer is Yes, a lot, <laughs> then that's a red. And everything else is in the middle. Uh, and that ragging allows you to start painting that picture of actually what are the things that I, I can focus on. And of course, not everything is easy to fix. There are things that will be red that are, should be quite straightforward to fix and things that are red that may not be fixable or may take a long time to fix. And that's how you start with your team building and choosing what areas to work on because in my experience as well when you come from the outside and you say okay we need to change I don't know the way we do our month end reporting or or we need to start reconciling a new area or whatever it is if you just come and direct that you're going to find a lot of resistance but if you've had your direct report choosing coloring together it becomes much harder for them later on when you're actually in the in the face of deploying your plan to argue with that because they yeah. have helped you. <laughs> yeah. we, we've gained a common understanding here of what needs fixing, haven't we? 
Absolutely, absolutely. And um, and for me, if if they've been the ones that have told you, actually, you may think this is a red, but there's a bigger red somewhere else. There is a sense of ownership, yeah. which they can they can take on board, and also you can. The word might be a little bit ugly. You might you might say, but you can exploit that as a leader to to make sure your team are motivated um, because they they're working on the things they believe they need I to be working. Like that, yes, yeah, yeah. But I guess then there's the question. You you've got quite a few things on there that might be red. Yes. What do you do first? <laughs> And do you do the hardest stuff first? Or do you do the easiest stuff first? Do you get some quick wins? Do you, you do. concentrate some everybody's effort into one thing? Do you have multiple so, things going on at once? So once you have your reds and your ambers, so the greens we've parked, and once you have the reds and the ambers, I like to put them into four categories. Okay. So you'll have the, um, you'll end up with a little, uh, uh, you know, square four boxes. And I, you love, have I one, love two by two one, matrices. I'm a, I'm one, a management consultant. We do our entire world by two by two matrices, Susanna. There you go. Then uh, two to the matrix. You have the matrix and you have one box that is, they stop the bleeding, right? Yes. And now I'm, I'm bringing back the storytelling and the, and the, yes. So let's stop the bleeding um, as the CFO and as the team. And you in that box, you put the things that are red that are easy to fix or it should be short-term to fix. So yes. short-term reds go in the let's stop the bleeding. And I'd go for those first because um, it just makes sense. Then in the, in the next box, you'll have the what I like to call the low-hanging fruit Yes. which are the things that are orange. So they, they, they're broken, they need fixing, but they shouldn't be so, so difficult. Um, so the low-hanging fruit, and again, those are the ones that you, I think as a leader, you come into an organization and say, okay, I start demonstrating results quickly, which with the low-hanging fruit, mm -hmm. and I stop, um, I, I mitigate problems or, or stop things getting worse by stopping the, the bleeding. So those two for me are the must. Yeah starting the plan and, and then the other that's a nice nice thing that you can create that impact fairly quickly of show that you're creating the change you were brought in for and i guess that this shows the team as well that they can fix stuff and they can get results yes because you sometimes come into a team that are a little bit demotivated because they yeah. say hey here we go again here comes another boss telling you that we can do it and they just don't believe it so you have yeah. to build that that track record um, and, and credibility. And by picking the, those two uh, groups, I think it's, it's a quite an intelligent way of doing that. Yeah. So shall we carry on with the others? Carry on, carry on. So the other, the other two boxes uh, would be the, the red and difficult. Things mm. that are quite serious but actually they're very difficult they require i don't know your they require your um 
another department, they require investment, they might require you changing outsourcing provider. These are like the, the yeah. things that people sometimes end up leaving the job for uh, because. So there are things that organizations, uh, challenges they have that sometimes have a lot of complexity. So these ones, uh, I, I, these are the ones about uh, building consensus because you you not want to do them alone. Your team cannot do them alone. So as a CFO and as a team financing, you need to start building other people on board to share your view of that area. They also need to believe that this is something worth fixing and they also need to understand the difficulty behind that. And this is a building consensus box. I guess you probably need a bit of stakeholder analysis in there, work out who it is you need to talk yeah. to who's accountable, who's responsible, because the, these, these things can be tricky and they can they can involve changing multiple things in multiple departments. Absolutely. Yeah. How would you suggest, Kevin, that people build consensus? Ah, that could be another That could, that be, could be a whole podcast. other podcast, couldn't it? Yeah, yeah. That, we've got the theme for the next one now. <laughs> build consensus. I, yes. It's a, it, that's... Well, we're, we're, we're on a good start here that we're already talking with our own team about what we think the problems are. So I, I think if I was looking to take this one forward, I'd be then going to some of the other teams that are involved in some of the, the harder stuff and saying, hey, look, this is what we're doing in finance. We're prioritizing these, these easy things. But look, we've really got to come along and address this big one. And we can't do this by ourselves. Now, can I, can we talk about this and just just literally talk about the problems it's causing in finance? Talk about the problems it's causing in the other department. You're seeing things from a finance perspective. They're seeing it from a different angle. And some of the things that might be a problem to you, they might have a different problem. I, I, I think it's it's the same techniques, but with a bigger audience. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, and there comes, we go back to the very beginning of our conversation that actually when you come to this building consensus and understanding how this, does this particular topic um, manifest itself in their department, that you may change your view altogether. You may even change what solution you think might be appropriate. Yeah. So really, really important, I think, to, to as we said at the beginning, just understand your environment, listening, taking in other people's perspectives, rather than just think, right, this is a this is my my difficult um, red, and it, that's the way it is. Actually, when you talk to other people, you might find uh, things that allow you to move it into a low hanging fruit, or a, you know what I mean, because hmm. you, you may not have all of the information if you look at the full end to end um, existence of that particular challenge. Yeah, and that, that, that is another one there, definitely. Those big things, you can normally break them down into component parts. Absolutely. But there will be some interdependencies, but there might be other bits that, no, you can just go and put a solution in for little bits of the problem mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. over and done with, yeah. And here we come to the fourth box. Fourth box. The, once you leave all the green ones out, and this is that this, the items that were orange, and difficult as well. Yeah. And for this one, I would just start to raise awareness. 
It's not something that I, you've got all the things on your plate to be worried about. So there's no hurry. So you start raising awareness and this is something that may become doable um, later on as you as you developed in as you have made progress in other areas. So that's what a heat map is all about for me, Kevin. And that's why I like yeah. using that approach, even though I made it up myself, but it works. Ah, I like <laughs> that approach. I think that does work. Yeah. And I, I suppose the only thing that I'd say there, Susanna, you're putting stuff in that orange box that are difficult. Uh, because they're in the orange box for finance, they might be in the, the red box for, say, sales and marketing. Absolutely. But there could be a little I've... bit of conflict there around what you're going to fix. But that, then that's how you come, the, well, the, the next part uh, or how I usually do it is, this is not a map that stays with the same color forever. Quite. We, we live in, in um, we're, you know, we're living creatures, living in live organizations. Yes. And of course our information changes on the all the time and the context changes. So you've given it, we've given it that, that uh, ragging based on the information that my team and I had when we had the discussion. Of course, if new information comes to light, we change that. So I like to go back to that reviewing the heat map, if possible, every quarter, but minimum um, every four, five, six months. I think you, you need to look at it regularly with your direct reports. Yeah. And the first thing you do is take last time's heat map and say, do we, do we still agree on these raggings? Because... Mm -hmm. There will be things, as you say, that you have something has happened to make them change, or you were you you didn't give them the, the most appropriate ragging in the in the first place. Yeah, and there's something interesting about that. That go back to it once a quarter, Susanna, because ninety days is a a nice period of time to get something fairly substantial done. Mm -hmm. it's long enough to take action on stuff that's that's a bit difficult yeah but there's a reason i think that a lot of well, consulting projects change projects so on typical assignment length for some of the stuff that i do will be will be 90 days or around three months it's because you you tend to get to the end of that and more work you do there, there's a question of diminishing returns creeping in you need to mm -hmm. review things replan things reconsider things and come up with a new plan all over again i, I just yeah. think that 90 days is the right sort of period for doing chunks of change no no i i agree and i think obviously if say you are perhaps tailoring this approach from a consultant's point of view the times are faster because mm. you you have less you probably have more specific items to work on so your your map would be would have would be equally wide but it would have fewer points in them what i what i'm talking about here is when you take responsibility on a sort of long-term basis with a new team yes, and you're yes. looking at the you know this is not a sprint this is a marathon yes. so but even if it's a marathon you need to have that recapping all the time and looking back did they pick the right things uh, are we and of course when you look at the three months and after you repaint the map the next point is how have we done what we said we were going to do so this helps you uh, on, to begin with you create engagement with your team which is what we talked about and i think that's absolutely key but later on it helps you drive accountability 
as well as confirming you're following the right strategy. Yeah. Because yeah. of course the people in the room, each of the each of the people in the room will take ownership for some of the these stop bleedings, the low hanging fruits, and so on. Mm. Um, so there'll be names uh, behind each of the things you that appear on that map. Yes, and I do think there's an element, though. I know that we're talking about this being a marathon rather than a sprint because we're talking about sort of long term improvement across finance rather than maybe a, a very fast change project. But there's still that case, isn't it? It's, uh, after a while, folk forget why we're doing things. You need to kind of re-energise. Mm. Um, I think that's that another must... reason for going back every 90 days and having another look at it. I'll give you another one that I think is key, right? And is remembering and celebrating success. Oh, absolutely. when you're there working hard and you, you really struggle, it's so easy to forget. So another thing that I like to do with my teams is we always had a, a, an end of year meeting just to remind ourselves what we've achieved. Because if yes. we don't do that, it's very easy to always look when you're walking up that, that hill. In the, I, like, I like walking in the mountains. So you, you mm. walk up, you're in that mountain looking up. And it's hard. It's really hard sometimes. And if you don't look back and realise how far you've come, when you see the car kilometres away, you think, I am tired. Oh, boy, have I come a long way. And that's what it's about, I think. It's about using a methodology that also um, brings along those things to, to, you know, do a good job, but also that people are more engaged and a little bit happier along mm. the way. Mm, yeah and I'll stop it that take time to celebrate is one that I forget and that I think is because I love strengths finder and one of my five core strengths is achiever and achiever just simply means oh done that tick it off right what's the next thing and you never think about celebrating the one you've just finished because you're, you're straight away onto onto whatever's next on the list um and getting the mindset to to actually make sure you do celebrate and so on is very important so and Susanna, you you've just done the operational driver session for our core skills program so how much of this comes up in the operational driver a fair amount a fair amount yeah. i think ultimately to be a good operational leader you need to have a plan and deploy and, the, and all of that so i think around using these as a model and uh, yeah. there's plenty plenty to consider um yeah. Within that. That's that's a regular workshop you were doing one, once a quarter for, for members within Grow CFO. And the, the other place that this comes in with again for members, I I run the final module of the future CFO program, and that's talking about your first hundred days as a CFO. Now, certainly there's a lot in there already. That I, th I think I've picked up one or two tips to make that module a little bit better today, Susanna. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> yep. My pleasure. I... If what you've heard today has inspired you a little bit, has given you food for thought, well, come along and join us within, within Grow CFO because there's lots and lots of stuff for members that take this further and give you more and more practical stuff you can use in your own organisation. So, Susanna, that has been a super podcast again. Thank you. Kevin, you are such fun to talk to. Thank you very much for making it so enjoyable.